I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. And I want you to open up your Bible with me, the book of Genesis chapter 12. This message that I'm bringing you today is just really what I thought was going to be what we call a one-off message. Those of you that have been a part of World Harvest Church for a long time know I usually preach in series. This message that I brought last Sunday, I really intentionally thought it's just going to be one kind of one of those one-hit wonders, and we're going to move on. But the Lord has just unfolded so much in this, and so I know it's the word that He's wanting us not just to glance through real quick, but He's it's something that He wants us to dig in on. Um, and those of you that were with us last Sunday, I kind of apologize. I usually don't do this, but it, today is part two of last Sunday's. And I can already tell you, for those of you already keeping what I call keeping score, you're looking at my notes and like, Pastor, you got that many minutes left and this much notes. I can already, let me just set you at ease. I'm not going to go through the entire notes today. I'm probably going to just get point one in. So everybody, you can relax, all right? I know second service, we don't have another service coming in behind, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to set somebody at ease today. But... We, we, we started on this journey talking about um, a, a man in the Bible that not too many people know about, but we know about a son. It was in Genesis chapter 11, we talked about Abraham, Abraham's father. His name was Terah. And it was in chapter 11 that we read about how Abraham, uh, with his, you know, when he's still young, I don't know, how, we don't know how old he was, but Terah, his dad, had a mission, I don't know what you call it, for a call from God or, or call it an unction, I don't know, but it says that he set out to go to Canaan land, to place of Canaan. But because of tragedy that had happened in his life, one of his sons had actually died, uh, he got to this place called Haran and he decided to stop. He never got to Canaan land where he was supposed to go. And it's interesting that even Haran means a place of dryness. But I want to pick up the story now in part two in chapter 12 of verse one. Let's look at it here. Genesis chapter 12, verse one, New Living Translation says this. And the Lord said to Abram, he said, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and look at this, and go to the land that I will show you. Now, just kind of the continuation of the rest of the story, the land that God's going to show him is Canaan land, the place that God wanted him to get to. Verse two, look at it. He says, and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Verse three, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families, how many families? Come on, how many families? All the families. Come on, somebody say that includes my family. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Verse four, so Abraham, he departed as the Lord had instructed Lot went with him, his nephew. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. This place, this place of dryness. Now, what are we saying today? Again, I wanna remind us of something. We are all on a journey. We all have a purpose. We all have uh, something that God wants you and I to accomplish. There is not one of y'all that's hearing my voice say that God's done with. Come on, on, there's not one of you that is hearing my voice say that God's looking at you today and said, well, like you tried. No, come on. Every one of us here today, including myself, God's looking at us and saying, man, hey, good job where you're at, but come on, let's keep going. 
I fully embrace the philosophy that as long as there is breath in my lungs, that there is more journey for me to complete. And it's in our life's journey that we can live our life by default, which many people do, or we can live it by design. And of course, I believe that we ought to be people of faith that living our life by design. Amen? And so there's a concept that we got to understand that there is always a next level on this side of heaven. Now, let me just stop, just make sure you're following with me. My life being in Christ, I am saved, I am perfect. I've done everything I need to do for me being in Christ, amen? Come on, I can't get any more saved than I am right now. Come on now. Jesus isn't gonna come back down to this earth and die on the cross of Calvary again just for my sins. He's already done it. So me and Christ, that's a done deal. My salvation, that's a done deal. But the issue we all have is how much of Christ is living in us. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got some work I still need to do. Yeah. Come on, in my marriage, man. I'm going to be celebrating 33 years on Friday. Thank you for that excitement. We're going to keep raising the bar. Don't be calling me on Friday. Leave me alone on Friday, okay? That's the 20th, by the way. But anyway, I have learned this principle. As long as I'm on this side of heaven with breath in my lungs, there is always some areas that I can work on. There's, some, I can, there's a next level. There's a, uh, just case in point, those of you that know me well, uh, I, I'm a good, uh, I say it this way, people don't like it when I say it, but I'm a, I, it's a way to sum up me. I'm a, I'm a redneck from the panhandle of Oklahoma. Man, I, I, I like my doors. I like the outdoor space. I like... Fishing, oh man, I got to go tube, some trophy bass fishing this couple weeks ago in a tube. Oh man, crap. <laughs> let me just, oh yeah, it was cool. You hook in those big bass, they pull you around. But uh, I got invited, many of y'all remember Pastor Jonathan Sturgeon, uh, who's now serving at a church in Midland, Texas. They're opening up a campus in Liberal, uh, Lubbock, uh, Lubbock, Texas, so Midland. So he invited me to come down pig hunting. Now, just, you know, those of you that don't like hunting, just give me some grace for about two minutes, all right? You'll understand where I'm going with this. I'm a guy, I've hunted all my life. And so he like, you wanna come down pig hunting? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Uh, and so went down at pig hunting, we didn't do any good. I didn't get to bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. So don't anybody get, get worried about that. But uh, I'm, I, I feel like there's a skill level of hunting that I walk in. I feel like I'm educated. I feel like I've got my stuff. Come on, every hunter guy, you know, you got your stuff, right? But when I got down there, this is the, the pastor of the church, Jonathan Sturgeon, and, and about five of the other staff members from uh, this uh, Renew Life Church out of Midland and Lovick. And so I'm like really feeling good about my manhood. I get down there. These guys start pulling their, out their ARs. I mean, this one guy, he pulls out this AR. Uh, it's an automatic rifle. Those of you who want to know what an AR is, he pulls out this AR. And this thing has a thermal scope on it two foot long, sitting on top. This thermal scope, you can see at night. It's got a range finder at the end of it. You pick out something, you range it out, and it automatically adjusts for the ballistics of the, the bullet that you have in your gun. In other words, it's always on. I'm like, look at that. I, I, I felt like I was a kindergartner. 
around these other guys. And the pastor, he's like a professional hunter. He goes, all these, I mean, I have never felt so inadequate in all my life as I do the last few days with these guys. And I'm like, so I come back, I'm like, there's another level of hunting that I haven't even experienced yet. Uh, so I, I was like, I need an AR now, man. I'm like, you know, I want a laser sight and all that stuff. But it just helped me to realize that, you know, sometimes we think we're at a good place in our life, but there's always a new level. There's always another level. There's always something else. And spiritually speaking, there's a new level, I believe, that God is calling us all to today. There's a new level. Now, thank God for what he's already done. Thank God for what he's done in your life. Thank God for what he's done in our church. But let me tell you, there's more, amen? amen. And so we've been looking at the, this message and the context of it is we can choose to hang out where we're at in our life and we can become a camper. And how many you know camping's a lot of fun? It's a place of relaxation. It's a place of comfort. Or we can choose to keep pursuing and go to the next level and we can become climbers. See, and it's in this, I believe that wherever we're at in our life, that there is always another step. There's always another step, always another step in our lives that God wants us to get to. And I love this. Tammy said it in first service. You know, I tell you, get to the next level. The view is always better at the next level. And so there's my challenge for all of us in this message is don't be a camper, be a climber. The children of Israel, what we talked about a few moments ago, you know, after Abraham, uh, you know, God gave them the land. But I want you to look at something real quickly in Joshua chapter 13. There's a whole journey here all through the Old Testament. There, you know, God gave the land to Abraham to possess it. Later on, a few generations down, they lost it you know, because they got to Egypt, had to go to Egypt there under Joseph at 400 years in bondage. God delivers them out of Egypt through Moses. And Moses says, come on, get my children, get my people. Man, I'm gonna take you to a place that's flowing with milk and honey. Get back to Canaan land, the promise. That promise that Scott was talking about earlier, the promise. Come on, anybody in this church standing on a promise of God? Come on, anybody got any kids that's kind of being stupid right now? You're believing God they're going to come back in Jesus' name? Come on. Any, anybody got a spouse that's kind of weird? No, I better not go there right now. You, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, we got a promise. And we got a promise that God says, I'm going to take care of you. And so we, we, we find ourselves in situations. And so before I leave this, I want you to see what God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. It says that when Joshua was an old man... Now, Joshua, if you don't know the story of the Bible, Joshua, so Moses, he brings the children of Israel out of a place of bondage to go to the promised land. They get there because of doubt and unbelief, they weren't able to go in. So for 40 years, they wander in the wilderness. All that generation dies off and a new leader comes up, Joshua. So Joshua now is taking the children of Israel to the place that God had for them. And so they begin to possess land, but look in verse one, Joshua 13, verse one. When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, you're growing old. Anybody hear that lately? <laughs> You're growing old and much land remains to be conquered. What was he saying? Hey, you're doing okay, but there's still more to do, right? I, I, I believe this is a word for somebody. You're doing okay, but there's still more. Come on, Come on look at somebody beside you. Look them in the eye and say, you know what? There's still more. Don't, I don't, don't, tell them it doesn't matter how old you look. There's still more. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Jump down to verse 13. It goes on. Uh, but the Israelites failed to drive out the people of these two places, Geshur and Makkah. I don't know how you pronounce those. I've got the mic, so I'm going to make it up. So they continue to live among the Israelites to this day. Now, this is what I want you to see. God gave them a promise. There's a place I want you to possess. They only got so far and they stopped. Just like Abram's dad, he stopped pursuing Canaan. He stopped at Haran. 
And the scripture says he lived and he died in Haran. Passed on to the next generation. Abraham, now's the call. I wonder how many times in our lives that we stop pursuing, that we stop climbing. See, this concept of being a climber, this, I wanna be really open and transparent with you as a pastor today. This has wrecked me. And I think one of the reasons why God hadn't let me just do this as a one-off message is because there's something the Lord is really wanting to speak to not just me, but to all of us today. Because I begin to look at my life and I've realized that there's areas in my life instead of continuing to pursue, instead of continuing to climb, that I've decided that I wanted to have comfort instead of a spirit of conqueror. I've decided that I, 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 I'm tired. I, just, I would have rather have rest than, than engaging the battles of our life. And so again, this message that I, I tell people so many times when I'm bringing a message at World Harvest Church, I'm usually preaching to me first and you guys just get to listen in. So this is very much a message, I believe, for all of us today. What sets a campers and climbers apart? See, there's two things that I think are the driving forces in between campers and climbers. Uh, it's one, that, one of the ones is that we don't think of too often is success. See, success sometimes can be our own worst enemy. And for me, I've, we've experienced a measure of ministry success. And this is where the Lord's beginning again to put this his finger on me. I'm like, you know, because I'm I, I kind of this place in my life, you know, I've, I've worked hard for a lot of years, man. I put up with a lot of stupid people in my life, you know. I'm not talking about y'all. That was the ones in the nine o'clock service. But anyway, I'm like, I just, I, I just, God, can I just, can I just rest? God said, no, this is not a time to rest. This is a time to climb. But the other aspect, I think, of our lives that causes so many people, so many people to become campers and not climbers is life events, tragedies, challenges in our life. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you're going to have some problems. Come on, anybody have any problems in life before? Come on, anybody been there before? Come on, anybody have any setbacks before? Yeah. See, campers allow setbacks to cause them to take a step back. And to relax. Climbers use setbacks as opportunities to learn and to grow. Climbers know that a setback is just simply the opportunity to get ready for a comeback. Come on, that's a word for somebody today. Climbers know that they can make it through any obstacle that ever comes their way. Come on, look at your name, tell me you got to be a climber. I had one of our guys after last week's message, he texted me this. He says, he said, I used to think that being a happy camper was a pretty good place to be. He said, I got a whole different view of that today, a whole lot better view. See, if we're really pursuing our destiny, if we're really going to be kingdom impactful people, then we can't be just a happy camper. Come on, we got to be a tenacious conqueror. We got to be a pursuer of all that God's got for us. Amen. Now, my intentions and my message today, those of you again that are tracking along, keeping scores, what I call it, you're following along in my notes. There were three things that I really wanted to download to you today, but I'm just going to do the first one today. I've got a couple more weeks. We can finish this out. I'm going to take my time on this. But this, for climbers, climbers understand and they know that resistance brings strength. Let me say that, say that again. Climbers know that resistance brings strength. I want everybody to say that. Say resistance brings strength. Resistance brings strength. 
Now, as I look around the room here today, there are some of y'all, physically, you're really pretty fit. Uh, some of y'all making me feel really good, okay, about my own self. Some of y'all are what we call really good shape, and some of y'all are like me, you embrace the philosophy that round is a shape. Anybody else with me today? I mean, some of y'all get around like Jeremy Tooman back there, and I just kind of want to suck my gut in and put my chest out. Come on, guys, anybody else do that besides me? You young, you don't even know what, you guys are on the front row don't even want to talk about but there's one thing that I've learned. For, for me to get this Pillsbury Doughboy body to look like a Jeremy Tooman that's just chiseled and cut, I've gotta do something. I'm not sure how to take y'all's laughing. Y'all are just really... Is there something behind me or something? <laughs> okay. <laughs> y'all relate, right? You know, you're like, yeah, you need to work out faster. Um, but if I want my muscles to look like Jeremy's or these guys that are, what do I got to do? How do I work out? If I want to build up this muscle, send me out guys. What do I got to do? I need to lift some weights. What is, what's the purpose of lifting weights? It's the resistance that brings strength, which leads me to my second point that I was going to get to. I'll get to, brings growth, right? See, a lot of us understand that the, the, the experience of resistance in our life will produce something in the physical realm, physically in our physical bodies. In other words, if I want to get more muscular, I need some what? If I want to grow stronger physically, if I want to be able to arm wrestle like Tim over here, I need to get some lift more weight, which is resistance. Okay, so in the physical realm, if resistance makes me better, why do we have such a problem with it spiritually speaking or mentally speaking? Come on, physically we understand it. I mean, physically you look at somebody and say, wow, you look really good. Why do you say you look really good? Because you've had, you, instead of saying you lifted the waist, let me put it in the context of what I'm talking about. You've been lift, you've been having a lot of resistance in your life and it's paying off for you, man. Come on, anybody with me? Yeah. Yeah, and all of us has got the furniture disease where the chest is done, dropped into the drawers. We're looking at those guys like, hey, I'm gonna speak for you guys because every one of us were like, I could look like that. Anybody help me out today? I don't know how many times I've seen these guys like, I could look like that. I could, I could. But in order for me to look like that, I'd have to have some, help me out, church, resistance. So let's flip it on its head. So spiritually speaking, do you think resistance, mentally, spiritually, situationally, life, could it have the same effect on us? Yes. yes. Very much so. Very much so. We think about the concept of the children of Israel possessing the promised land. God gave them the land, but why did he tell Joshua that they had to go possess the land? You know why? Because there is a human nature problem that we have that what we don't fight for, we tend to lose. You look at statistics of people who uh, win lottery, the lottery, win millions of dollars, in three to five years, I don't remember what the exact statistic is, for, it's got to be around 80 to 
of those people that get a sudden windfall, something they didn't work for in three to five years, they're usually worse off than they were before. You know what I have to say to that? Lord, I'd like to try it. (laughs) There is a percentage that can do it. But it's the principle of what you don't work for, it's hard, you don't really keep. If God would have just said, here on a silver platter is your promise, without any work, I wonder if they would have been able to keep it. Scott Sharon just, he, he's fought a battle since October. And he's stepping into place, but I tell you, he's stepping in as a new Scott Allen, not the previous Scott Allen. Because what did God do? I tell you, he had some resistance. And he's stronger and he's better than before. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen, I'm saying, listen, we, we can all be happy campers. We can all just chill. We can all say, God, this is, you know, hey, this is good enough, right? Or we can say, no, man, I'm gonna climb, I wanna keep going. I wanna keep going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. And in order for you to keep climbing, We've got to be able to effectively deal with the hardships of our life, the challenges of our life, the roadblocks of our life. If I was to sit down with every one of y'all, I, I could almost pretty much guarantee that every one of y'all have had a challenge, a roadblock, a setback, something in your life that you've had to overcome. And the enemy loves to play the game. Well, if you hadn't have done that, you know, if this hadn't happened, man, God really could have used you if you hadn't have gone through that divorce. God really could have done great things with you if you hadn't have gone bankrupt. God could have really done some incredible things if you hadn't made that wrong mistake. Well, I tell you, that is a condemnation of the devil. And man, you need to kick the devil out of your Man, you need to kick some devil's butt, man. Some of y'all, the devil's been messing with you. Man, you need to kick his butt. Kick his butt off the mat. Come on, man. It's king of the hill time. And don't let the devil throw you off the hill. Amen. Come on, look at somebody beside you and tell them I'm a climber. You've heard the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you. It's not a Bible verse, but it's true. Yeah, it's the same concept for kids going back to school. The reason why fourth graders last year going to fifth grade is because they passed the test. Resistance happened, they passed it. Well, and they're climbing, right? In that. I love Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. I'm just gonna stop here. I'll pick up the rest of the message next week. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10 in the Message Bible. It's, it's, it's one of those passages that just speaks to me so many times. And it simply says this. Every time I read it, I got to laugh. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Mm, 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 mm. You know what it speaks to me? We're all going to have some crisis moments. Don't let it steal your faith. Don't let it discourage you. You know, we get so destination-minded that we forget about the journey as the process that we can walk in victory in. Through the ups, the downs, the twists, the life events that happen. Church, I believe today I'm speaking to resilient people, to strong people, to people that are tenacious. See, I used to think that serving God and walking in faith meant that everything is going to be perfect in my life. But I've learned serving God and walking in faith is simply keeping my faith strong and my focus on him even in the rough times of my life. Amen. And seeing what God's gonna do in my life. You know, so many times we use life events 
to cause us to create excuses to become campers in our life. You know, I wanna, I wanna close the message with a, a video. It's a video we saw a couple weeks ago at the Global Leadership Summit that just, it was one of those videos that just, again, it just kind of tore me up. Because, you know, one of the things that I guess kind of irritates me about church people is there are way too many people who are living life as victims. As victims. We got this victim mentality in our society. <laughs> I had to laugh as talking to one of the guys back here and said, you know what, I heard somebody say something this week that really just nailed it on the head for me. He says, you know, our, our biggest problem in America is we don't like anybody telling us what we got to do. <laughs> Anytime somebody tells us what to do, we brussel up. I'm like, no. But there's one thing that I've learned that we don't have to live life as a victim because we're victors in Jesus Christ. We're overcomers. When life is unfair, we don't have to be a victim. We can be an overcomer. When things don't work out in our life, Come on, like Christina was sharing there in the worship time, in the middle, man, God's there. It's a matter of what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to be a camper? Are you going to be a climber? Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. Hey, I don't have to know. Are you going to be a camper? Are you going to be a climber? Well, Pastor, are you going to be a camper? Are you going to be a climber? Next time you see somebody kind of chilling out and kicking back, like, I don't know, I'm I'm tired. Ask them, are you going to be a camper or are you going to be a climber? Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenid.com connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenid.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.